Hello, Fangirl Nation. This is your host, Tracy, as always, joined by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. Hi, Steph. How are you today? I'm doing well. It's uh, fun to actually get into free agency now and uh, see what's going on. <laughs> yes, and we're going to start with our guest today, Cecilia Towns, known as Sporty Esquire on social media. She started a company called Gladiate Hers, and she is doing amazing things for women in sports. So we are very excited to talk with her today um, and learn more about what she is doing and talk a little women in sports. We're coming off International Women's Day. We are in the middle of Women's History Month and we have some fun things to talk about. Cecilia, welcome to Fangirl Talk. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, you know, we get a lot of podcast about sports that are run by men. So I'm definitely excited <laughs> to be on this one. <laughs> yes, uh, we agree with that. We like we like our women run podcast over here for sure. Um, but Cecilia, start by telling us a little bit about your background and how you got started and, and what you're doing with Gladiators. I want people to know more about it um, because you're doing really awesome things. Sure. So uh, I guess my story starts as a kid, right? Like everybody's story. I played sports. I played um, tennis was my main sport because my dad taught all of us kids how to play tennis. That's what he knew. So he gave it to us. Um, but I also played soccer and track. Um, so I was an athlete. And I incidentally ended up going to school and I, I went to school at Howard in D.C., um, and I went on an academic scholarship, but I was good enough to, you know, play on the tennis team as well. And so I played tennis um, all four years at Howard. And after graduating, I went to law school at UCLA. And I, I initially just thought that once I graduated from college, I just assumed that that would be the end of my career with sports. I intended on being a criminal defense attorney and just focusing on that. But once I went to law school and graduated, I really realized a couple of things. One, that I missed being in the sports environment. Um, two, that sports really did have an impact on my life. Um, and three, that I just needed to figure out a way to make sure sports was, again, a part of my life. Um, I, one of the other things that I sort of realized when I was in law school was that although I had a great time being a student athlete, um, it didn't really prepare me for, it didn't directly prepare me for a life after sports, right? Um, and so I wanted to make sure that other student athletes didn't come out of school with that same feeling. I mean, I ended up going to law school really by chance. Like, I remember my senior year, <laughs> my senior year, I was just like, I have no idea what I want to do. I don't want to teach. I went to see an advisor and there was an, uh, literally an LSAT book there. I took some of the questions and I was like, oh, this is, I guess I'm getting them right. I guess I'll go to law school. And I mean, it really is just to be by the grace of God that I was smart enough and that I got in, but that's not all student athletes experience, right? Like every people just don't fall into law school necessarily. And so um, I just, I, I, the journey back into sports really started with me trying to make sure that more 
um, student athletes were prepared for whatever life they were going to live after they graduated. And that's how Gladiators was born. Yeah. Well, first that was, um, the first step was applying to all these jobs that did not want me because, um, I didn't realize that, um, you know, working in college athletics, you know, you, they really want you to have some more experience. I figured, oh, I'm an attorney, you know, that's compliance. I can work in compliance and then figure it out. But yeah, so every time I apply for jobs with schools, they turn me down. And so that led me to starting um, Beyond the Game, which provides life skills workshops to student athletes. Um, but at the same time, I was like not really liking the way that the media was portraying women in sports. This was around 2012, 2011, 2012. And I just felt like the coverage, you know, it picks up during the Olympics. And then you just get these very bland, basic stories. Obviously, the big names like Serena would get covered, but that was it. And so I actually started the blog, gladiators.com. And it was really just my attempt to write about women in sports in a different way. So basically around 2012, 2013, I had my nine to five as an attorney, the blog, and then beyond the game. And as they all sort of continued, what I saw was that I was having more impact with the, with the, the girls, the, the, the women student athletes. And it like, you know, it sort of just naturally turned into this thing where gladiators is what was bigger. Gladiators is what pe- more people responded to. And so now gladiators is not just a blog, but we provide workshops for student athletes, women. We provide workshops for women who work in um, the sports industry in, a, in different ways. Um, we have a mentorship program. Um we um, host events like the summit that we just hosted for Super Bowl, but it's all mm-hmm. designed to connect women in the sports industry, to keep them inspired, to keep up the good fight, and then to really just give women tools so that they can fight the good fight. Steph, I would love for you to jump in here because you also were a student athlete. Um, who turned attorney, turned also woman in sports. So there's a lot of synergy between the two of you. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your experience and how something like what Cecilia started might have helped you coming out of college. Yeah, I mean, I'm so inspired by everything that Cecilia just said. And I am, I was reading about this when Tracy said, hey, we're having Cecilia Towns on. And I thought, okay, who, you know, what is this? And it's, totally up my alley. I'm really excited to have found you. And I think there's a lot of women that do listen to Fangirl that are going to really love this. Um, I, so for me, um, you know, I was a student athlete as D1. I went to Cal okay. and I, and then I did my, and then I did my JD at Cal as well. But um, I, I started because it, I fell into I've always been a sports person. It was just kind of just the way it was in my family. It wasn't something my mom loves sports. My dad loves sports. My dad was a professional athlete turned teacher. And it was just something we just were, we grew up around. Mm -hmm. And then um, when I first got out of college, I kind of finally fell out of 
Um, you know, I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? <laughs> you know, right. kind of thing. And the, I, I had trouble finding, um, in the, you know, I graduated in 2001 um, for my JD. So it's, I look back and it's like almost 20 years mm. ago. And I think about all the things I had to face and it was tough as a woman. And the fir- very first job that I finally w- was offered was by a law firm in Northern California that represented major league sports teams. Uh-huh. And we, we covered their injuries. So we represented either athletes or the actual club in, uh, in the, the disagreements about the, the injuries. Mm-hmm. And we settled those claims because they're still working with the employer. They're still employed, but they've been injured. And we tried to find you know, ways to settle that because this is their livelihood. So every single case they would put on my desk because they're like, you like sports, you like sports. <laughs> they're like, nobody wanted, they're like, we don't get it. We don't understand how this, you know, and I was, and so, and then every time I would come up and I'd show up to the deposition or whatever, the, always the athletes would be like, oh, you're a girl. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, and I'm like, yeah, last time I checked, yeah. you know, I was like, sure I am. And, mm-hmm. but then I did develop a very good rapport with a lot of these athletes. And they're like, wow, you understand. And I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, I what? Yeah. Yes, I am female, but I understand what it's like putting your body through a lot of, you know, every, I mean, basically giving your body up for the sport and your school and, and, you know, and for them, it's their career, you know. So there was eventually I did gain that respect in the community. And that's how I started, I should say. Then, um, sorry, that's my eye watch. Um, but then eventually, um, with, with everything that happened, um, I, you know, I, I broke away from it because it was very adversarial. I was also, there's laws that have been passed mm. that, don't really take care of the injured athlete in major league sports. So I, I wanted to get away from it. I ended up going into corporate law and then, you know, the sports that side just drew me back. I mean, it started with, you know, um, local radio stations or local TV stations or, you know, people that covered the NFL um, or, you know, major league baseball asking me, well, is this legal? Mm-hmm. Can you do this? And I was like, and that's how I got, so I started writing. And, um, you know, there's a lot of good things. Like I was one of the first um, women to write for the 49ers on Niners. Well, I was the first for Niners Nation. But then I became proud of yeah. that. I became like, there was a sense of like, I can do this. Yeah. And, you know, I and that was, you know, it's all, incidentally how I met Tracy. So there was all these things, but you know, I take a lot of pride in, you know, kind of paving that way, you know, with a lot of other women that, so I worked in sports since the day I graduated. I didn't mean to, it was just that I knew sports and that they dumped it on my desk and I'm glad they did. So it, it, it's been a, it's been a fun ride for me and uh, I'm hope, I hope to get more into it than I'm doing. It's just, you know, you got to pay the yes. mortgage. That's important. So, well, yeah, a lot of us do both. Um, and a lot of people probably don't know this, but you know, Steph, as she said, was uh, the first female writer for Niners Nation. Um, and we met on Twitter. 
because this podcast used to be a strictly 49ers podcast. And when I first started Fangirl, it was just 49ers Fangirl. Uh, and we met on Twitter and I reached out to Steph and said, would you be interested in doing a podcast with me? And it's funny because obviously I didn't know her at all and it's on Twitter so you can't hear tone. And she said, are you kidding? And I was like, uh, no, oh, I'm no. serious. We don't have to do it then. I was just an idea. <laughs> but she was like, her, what she meant was, are you kidding? And I read it as, are you kidding? <laughs> it was so funny. But so obviously we started this podcast and that's kind of, how I met Steph and how, how it's grown and Steph became a part of fangirl. So, and is now a fangirl for two teams, but it is funny how you can kind of just fall into these things and, you know, and then, and then here you are. Um, so I think it's interesting. I think both of you have a very, very interesting stories um, and similar paths, uh, but in different ways, if that makes sense. So I think this is, it, it's fun to listen to both of you talk about it because um, my path to sports, I was not a student athlete. Um, I like to work out, but I am by no means an athlete. Um, no one, no one wants me playing on their team and that's totally fine. I can live with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I worked in, I did work in sports after college and then I ran a personal shopping company and then I moved to DC and worked in politics. And it was when I moved back to Los Angeles that I started Fangirl. So, you know, we all get to these paths in very different ways. And I think what's really cool about the world we live in not to sound like I'm 95, but that you can create this path for yourself as a woman, as a man, as anybody, where you can find a passion in something you love and really turn it into a career, uh, which I think is very cool. So still, I think you did that. You started, you know, it started as a blog um, with Gladiators and, you know, with Fangirl, it just kind of started, I said, I think I'll try this. Um, you know, and Steph, you started writing for Niners Nation. I just think we live in a very interesting world in that way. Um, which makes it very cool. Yeah. Um, I, so with that, yeah, go ahead, please. Go ahead, Cecilia. Um, I just tell people all the time, especially the young women that I work with, that, you know, your purpose, it often can start with what you're passionate about, right? Like you, you figure out what you really love to do, and then you figure out what the need is, where what's lacking in society, like where can you plug that, that passion in, and then that, you know, that's your purpose. Then all of a sudden, you have a gladiator, so you have a fangirl. Um, and so, um, yeah, I just think that, that it is a beautiful time that we're living in, that it is so much easier for us to turn our passions into our purposes, right? So that, you know, maybe back in the 80s, <laughs> it wasn't so simple. Technology wasn't there. The I think we are also in a time when people are more receptive to women being in sports, to women being in leadership. And so it really is, it's just a good time for us to um, sort of seize, seize this moment and, and go for it in the sports industry. And to say, will you tell us a little bit about the summit you did at the Super Bowl? Because as, as we've discussed, you started as a blog and you've you know, really grown from there and now you're doing events. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about the summit. Um, at the Super Bowl, I'd like our listeners to be able to, to hear about it. Yeah, so I talk to everybody all the time about the power and the importance of networking. And um, so in 2015, I went to this networking event for women in sports, and I met one of my best friends at this point now, um, and her name was Charlene Castellanos, and she does sports marketing, branding, PR. 
And um, so that next year, which would have been 2016, um, uh, or a year, the two years later, I decided that gladiators, you know, needed to branch out and that we would start doing these mixers. And so we hosted the first mixer in 2017 and it was really small. It was like 15 women that just got together who worked in the sports industry, chatted it up. And then obviously 2018, it, it got a little bigger. We like quadrupled our attendance and we had a panel discussion and it was just a really great event. Well, at that event, um, was a young woman, um, Chintzy Mouton, who worked for the Super Bowl host committee. And then there was one of our panelists, Taria um, Williams, who is the director of communications at Turner Sports. So I didn't know that Chintzy was there, but Chintzy makes her way over to Taria to chop it up with her. And then Taria <laughs> makes her way back to me. And she's like, oh, you guys need to do something for Super Bowl. And there's somebody from the host committee here. And I'm like, what? So it's like in my mind, I, this is this is July. Super Bowl is in February. So I'm like, oh, that's cute. You know, maybe we'll throw a little mixer together. <laughs> it's so late in the game. So I get to talking to Chintzy and she's like, um, you know, telling me about the initiatives. And of course, the way I think, I'm like, well, what about the women? What do you have? What is the NFL? What is the Super Bowl host committee doing for women? And she said, regrettably, nothing. So I said, well, let wow. me pitch you something. And she said, cool. So um, I got a chance to meet with the uh, Super Bowl host committee, um, their community, basically like their community engagement arm. And their director okay. is a woman named Lee Hendrickson, who is wonderful, which, by the way, most people don't know that that whole arm of the um, host committee was women. <laughs> like, oh, yes, all it. women. Oh. So they loved the idea. They were like, you can't get any money from us. but We'll get you get house support. <laughs> we'll help you publicize it. We'll you know, help you bring in panelists. And that's that's really how it started. I, I wanted the event um, to not just be a mixer, to not just connect people, but to have women come and get very tangible tools. So we had workshops on personal um, personal wellness, personal brand development, financial literacy. Um, and um, then I did one on one of the workshops on leadership. Then we had two panel discussions from women experts in the sports industry. And it was just a really amazing event. The um, NFL ended up sponsoring 40 student athletes to attend Coca oh, yeah, awesome. Coca-Cola, the Arthur Blank Foundation, which you know they own the Falcons, mm -hmm. the United, PGA store, they sponsored, BMW was a sponsor. It was just we got an amazing amount of support. Um, not only in attendance, but just, you know, just people supporting in, as sponsors, as vendors, as donors. So it was a great event. And now we plan oh, on, yeah, it's going to follow the Super Bowl. So we announced last month that we'll be in Miami. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I was so disappointed this year that I couldn't come because I didn't get to Atlanta till the day after the yeah. event. But I will make sure in Miami uh, to be there in time for it. Cause it sounds like just a fantastic day and an important right. day, you know, a very important day. And, you know, we'd love to get to a point where women in sports is the norm mm -hmm. and not the 
wow, that's so amazing. I mean, it, it should always be amazing, but it should also be the norm. Absolutely. You know, we want to get to that point. Um, and actually, you know, Steph, I saw a tweet. There's something you have mentioned before in an article you wrote for us about how nobody asks men how they get into mm. sports. Um, and I believe it was right. Melissa Jacobs who tweeted for International Women's Day, can you stop asking women, how did you get into sports? And I'm sure we have all experienced that multiple, multiple times. So I think, Cecilia, what you're doing um, really will help you know, guide that along because it would be awesome if at, no one you know, says to me, I mean, how'd you get so into sports? Did you have brothers? Do you have brothers? Right. Was your dad into yeah. sports? Did he make you watch it? Yes, he made me. He forced me. Stephanie, I was like, you have to watch it. I mean, come on. Uh, so, no, I enjoyed watching it. And you know what's funny actually about me is, yes, I have brothers and I have a dad who's very into sports, but it was a female friend. It was my dad's best friend's sister that got me into sports, not a man, which I think is actually kind of fun. Uh, Cecilia, I think you were going to say. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, so I, I had the opportunity to chat with um, Kay Adams of the NFL Network. Mm-hmm. And she, awesome. yeah, she said something very similar. She's like, you know, sometimes I just turn down interviews, you know, if it's the same, well, you know, how did you get into sports and what's it like being a woman in sports and how are we going to, you know, she's like, I mean, I get it. I get that there is a need to have these sorts of conversations, but I'm just ready for it to be normalized for me to be here, you know, and for women to be excelling in sports. It's true. Cause no one, right. you're not going to do an interview with any man and say, so yeah. um, how did you get, how, how did you get into sports? <laughs> Rich Eisen, how sports it's like nobody does that um and I just think it's kind of fascinating yeah I I said today to this point I think I'm think I'm gonna start um doing this so I was looking at you know the conference tournaments that are going on in basketball and it really just burns me up that it's like they never refer to it as men's basketball there's basketball and then there's women's basketball and I said, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna start writing men's basketball <laughs> because all of it is basketball, and we shouldn't be like sort of, you know, skirted to the side as women's basketball, while you know, men just get the general umbrella of basketball. That's such a good point. Yeah, yeah it's 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 really amazing, and just with everything that's kind of. Um, and, and I'm learning mm-hmm. still. Like, it's weird because, you know, I'm so, you know, pro-women. I feel like I always try to help women out. I've been a, a student athlete as a woman, all these things. But I find myself sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, defending myself or saying, well, mm-hmm. I did that, you know, and I have to, like, show that, you know, oh, well, you know, I had this upbringing and this is how I got into it. And we really mm-hmm. don't anymore. We don't have to apologize for knowing stuff or having mm-hmm. an opinion or, you know, just being out there trying to work and trying to do things every other man is trying to do. And and, and I think that that's something that we have to kind of stop doing, you know, for us. You know, we it's like I feel like I'm yeah. learning things. That I don't mm-hmm. have to. Do yeah, this. we're definitely socialized that. that way, right? Absolutely. Right. And I think it's, I also feel like we need to get to a point where 
I feel like the other thing is men have a tendency when they hear you like sports, then they feel the need to yes. quiz you. Oh my God. They're, oh, like, yeah. oh, well, okay. But now, but, and, then, <laughs> and then there's like, which is ridiculous. And then if you don't know something, because nobody knows right. everything, nobody, nobody knows everything about everything. Then it's like, oh, okay, you're not yeah. really a sports fan because you can tell me the kicker for the Green Bay Packers <laughs> in 1970. <Exactly. laughs> like, okay, can you tell me right. the kicker for the Green Bay Packers? Um, and it just, it's such an interesting world. And I do think it is changing. But I will tell you, I even found people say this to me a lot too, which, you know, I think is an interesting comment. And they don't mean anything by it, but they'll say, like, guys must mm. love you. Because you can talk about sports. And I've said before, which is kind of something I have found over time. Yes and no. Some guys are intimidated by it. And I found when I was, when I was younger and I actually cared um, about stuff like that, I found (laughs) that I would sometimes pull back because I could tell if someone was intimidated and maybe it was too much. Now I'm like, this is me. This is who I am. And I like sports. If that's too much for you, then sorry. But it's an interesting, it's interesting, it's interesting that people say that. And I think it's also interesting that for some men, I think less so now, um, but it's very, it can be very intimidating. Yeah, I I think that whole idea that it's a compliment, you knowing sports is a compliment because somebody thinks it attracts men. It's like so bizarre, so antiquated, like. Nothing, nothing mm-hmm. I do is for a man. I don't, I could care less if something that I do like <laughs> I attracts it. men. No, I'm doing it because I love it. And yeah, they right. could get with it or get lost. I think that that is the best. That's the best phrase. Actually, I think generally is a really good life phrase. You can get with it or you get lost. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I think that's yeah. true, but it's, it's just an interesting it's, it's just like an interesting thing. And it's very much how fangirl was born was this idea that you are a, we are women who love sports, but we're also women and it's totally okay to yep. be both. And it's totally normal to be both. <laughs> um, and you don't have to choose one side or the other. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting. I mean, for a long time, obviously a lot of sports paraphernalia was just mm-hmm. pink and I love pink and I love sparkle. So I'm definitely one of those people that love that. But just because you're a woman who likes sports doesn't mean you want a pink jersey. Right. Oh, my uh, God. I mean, I want a pink jersey. Again, yes. I'm not saying anything against it. I love pink. But it doesn't mean everybody. And so, like, uh, to that point, I remember when that was the thing, I'm not a huge – yeah, I'm not a huge fan of pink. So I would buy the kids' jerseys. So, <laughs> so I didn't have to buy the women's one. It's like, I don't want this pink jersey, you know? Yeah. Right. You wanted your jersey. You wanted your yep. Timbers. Um, so I think we've we've definitely evolved. Of course, there's a long, long way to go, um, but we've definitely evolved. I'll tell a story that I've told on this podcast before that Stephanie knows. Um, a while back, I was uh, a little bit, maybe a little bit over a year ago or so, on a, a first date with someone who asked why I started Fangirl, and I said about you know over 45% of NFL fans are women and I wanted a place to have content, you know, really for those fans. And he said to me, that's a BS number that people like you oh. make up to justify what you do. Wow. Wow. That was, so that was, that one was awful. 
Um, and then, oh and then he said, then it got, then if it couldn't get any worse or better, I don't know, it depends how you want to look at it. He said to me, you must be so happy Jimmy Garoppolo's on your team because you can talk about how <gasps> cute he is. And then I said, I'm going to go. <laughs> I, yeah, you. I have to leave. I wish you the best of luck. But it, but it was fascinating to me because I do feel like I've been really lucky and we've probably all been relatively lucky, especially of late, that you don't get a ton of that, especially among your male colleagues um, or female colleagues for that matter. Uh, but I was, I was really kind of floored by it because I hadn't encountered really that. I encounter a lot of how did you get into sports, but your dad's super, you know, the stuff we've talked about, but I hadn't really encountered that, at least not to that degree. And it was fascinating and upsetting all at the same time. I was like, oh, right. Those people still exist. Yeah. Um, and they probably yeah. always will. But uh, it was. I, I have. I mean, it's to me, like, that's all the very beginning when I did start writing in sports or when just from the very get-go, even from athletes themselves, it's like you have to mm. earn their respect, but you have to do things like yeah. four times better than an average man be- to earn that. It's like oh, you yeah, are already not, you're not even on the same page. You're already starting, you know, from, you know, yep. half of what they, you know, are yep. already zero, like as yep. far as respect goes. So you have to work that much harder I, I, and that much better than yeah. the average man. And, and you, you can't, can't be, be wrong. wrong ever. So, you can't be wrong. That is, it's an I mean, Stephen Smith made that comment about Hunter Henry and it was funny and people certainly made fun of him. But if a female uh, analyst had said Hunter Henry was going to be a big part of the game when yeah, Hunter Henry right. had not played all season because he'd been injured, she would have been stupid. She would have never, like, they would have never respected yeah. her again. Yeah, that would have been. And, and not only yeah. that, and not only that, not on top of that, they're still That's judging right. your looks. They're still judging, like, all the things that they don't yeah. judge and that, a man That by. makes them it's uncomfortable, like, really. Like, it's, and it's not us. Mm-hmm. They're just yeah. uncomfortable with it. Yeah, no, I think that that is right. very, very true. And they used to, and we have so long, we have so much, we have a long way to go because just even, I mean, just the other day, you know, Sarah Spain, she's a good friend of mine and she goes to spring training. It's hot as can be in Arizona right now. She wears a tank top. Mm -hmm. There's no cleavage showing nothing like that because you have to even be careful about what you wear Mm -hmm. these days. Absolutely. you know, it's, it's her body. It's nothing like she's not being, she's not leading with sex, nothing. And the whole comments mm, are wow. about her tank top. And it's like, man, you know, like, you know, yes, you know, we have, <laughs> you know, we have, right. we, have, we have breasts, we have, you know, women, but, you know, it's okay for her to be at spring training when it's hot and wear a tank top. And you, you're, she's not leading with sex, but somehow, it comes back to that. some way, well, yeah, they that is, that's the world we live in, sports and not sports. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> that is the world, that is unfortunately the world we live in. And, and I think, unfortunately, we have a long way to go and that, that may never change. It might, it might, but it is, it is really unfortunate because obviously it happens in sports all the time and it happens in life that that is very often how women 
are judged. And you look at Twitter and some of the things people say, and it is just shocking to me. Like, it's just like, in what universe did your mind tell you that that was an okay thing right. to say? Right. Uh, there were, I will not repeat exactly what it was, but a couple years ago I did a ticket giveaway and someone on Twitter, Twitter suggested that I give something else away with those tickets for someone to wow. care. And that I was, I mean, no one would ever say that to a man ever. in a million years. Ever. Nor should they, by the way. I'm not I'm not saying it would be fine if they did. Um, but it was just unbelievable to me that we're still there. And Steph, you're right. That is, of course, what people talk about. They can't. It's just unbelievable. You're, it's like 100 degrees in Arizona at spring training. So, of course, she's wearing a <laughs> top. But no one is talking about the, the male reporter's short sleeve shirt. <laughs> they go, oh, well, did you right. see his arms? Like, no one's doing that. Um, well, at the same time, though, I have to give it to the, like, I got to give credit to a lot of men who are fighting the good fight yes, with us. Absolutely. Like, there are so many men that, at least that, you know, have supported me through thick and thin. And if somebody comes at me that way, I feel like there's all these people that are like, don't even yeah. do it. Yeah. Like, don't go after her. So there are men, and I love that we're getting to that point where we can respect each other as people and knowledge. And that's, I think that's the, where we're, we're still, we have a long way to go, but there are people that are getting it. And I'm, I'm very pleased about that as well. So I have to give props to those, to those men that are always there for me defending and us. I mean, I can't, I mean, even Tracy, I mean, so many times and there's just been so many good comments and, that's yeah, nice I, I look yeah. at our some of our um, biggest supporters are men financially and just, um, you know, people helping us get the word out have definitely been men. So that's true. Um, and I also think it's interesting, like I was talking to um, a really good friend of mine who's in sports marketing and she has a mentor who has done well for himself in sports. And the mentor had two mentees, has her and, and, a, and a, a guy. And she was literally yesterday telling me about how her mentor has made lots of efforts to be supportive, but there are times when he's come out right and said, well, I'm going to do this for this mentee and not for you because you're a woman and I don't want it to look a certain type of way. Like, so yeah, he, I think a lot of men still maybe struggle with, I don't want to give the wrong impression. I want to help you know, women, but I, I, I don't really know what's crossing the line. So we definitely, we still have a ways to go, but I, I agree there, there are men who want to help and who are, you know, being active participants in supporting us. I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I found it a lot with fangirl and because I think fangirl maybe is a word that at one point had a negative connotation. And I think Steph, it was James Brady who absolutely. tweeted you know, good for you yes, for yes. taking that word and turning it into a positive. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and give props to the 49ers and the 49ers beat because when I first came in and, and they credentialed me, I mean, I was, I'm 49ers fan girl and I didn't know, you know, I didn't know I was coming in. I didn't know anybody. And what would people think of that? And everyone was like super supportive. Oh, I've been checking out what you're doing. I think it's amazing. I love it. I'm so supportive of it. Um, and I was like, okay, this is really cool. We live in a cool yeah. time. We're getting yeah. there. 
We're making we a long way to go, but we're getting there. And there's never, there was never any negativity. And I think that's just kind of amazing. Um, and just to, just to like piggyback on that a little bit, like the Jaguars, when I went to do Jaguars fangirl, they were so awesome. And I wrote a post every single week for their website. I mean, to have me come on like that and it, it and some people like, you know, understood it, the concept, and some people did it. But I think it's it's come. We're coming around that we're can actually penetrate these, you know, these you know front offices, and they see that you know, yes, women have something to say, and you yeah. know, it's good stuff. It's not yeah. like we're you know we're just like talking about other things, but it's there's a lot of things that we have to offer, and I and I'm excited that there there are organizations that are willing to you know recognize women 100 percent um this has been awesome you guys i think that we this has been a really fun podcast we really didn't get to free agency um but <laughs> that's okay with me <laughs> that's okay because you know what there's been a lot of talk about free agency and steph and i'll be back next week to cover it right now everything is still of course reported and this is what's going to happen but it can't actually happen until uh tomorrow anyway so we will be back next week with a full recap. Of course, the biggest news being Antonio Brown to the Raiders, Nick Foles in theory going to the Jaguars, um, Frank Gore, 15 seasons. He's going to Buffalo. I don't, that may not be one of the biggest stories, but in my heart it is because I love Frank Gore and I know that I does too. <laughs> so in my heart, it's a really big story. Uh, but we will be back next week to cover all of that and more. Cecilia, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you, ladies, Today's for having me. I had a great time. We did too. So, well, not to speak for Steph, but I feel I can on this one. Um, we did too. Um, all right, everybody. We will talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody.